Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Are you sick of feeling the pressure to do more, more, more? Do you believe you need to be more productive? And what's the deeper motivation behind your goals? Today, my wife Allison and I resume talking about the key concepts in my upcoming book, This Book Will Make You Dangerous. We discuss the shadow side of goals, what kills our peace of mind, and why constantly seeking more is just plain lazy. I cut out all the stuff where you sounded stupid. My loving husband. Because I love you. <laughs> always, <So>. always <laughs> practicing reverence. <laughs> yeah. Respect didn't, didn't and regard. To, didn't want you to sound stupid. <laughs> oh. Welcome to the new man. Oh, you like that part. I do. <laughs> well, do it, do it for real. I don't know what you say because I. I'm not because you don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can say all kinds of shit about you on here. You just like, how'd your show go, honey? It's like it's fucking good. You won't hear it. Watch your language. You uh-huh. told me to watch the language, and mm-hmm. I caught you smacking around some language. Mm-hmm. The last one too. I. uh I opened that window for you because you were, because you're going to get hot. Yeah. In about five minutes, you're going to be Because the sun is going to move toward here. (laughs) That's true. Well, oh, well, I was cold. As soon as I came up, it was blowing in here and it was cold. So. Okay. All right. It's, it's up to you. I just want to. Thank you. Um, so congratulations. There's been a lot of good response from the last conversation we had. Yeah. Gratitude to. And I owe all of it to you. (laughs) <laughs> i was right i had a good idea you were right <laughs> apparently you had the idea <laughs> apparently it was all you and you were right and, and i'm so grateful for you okay Thank you, you can cut all this stupid shit I out will totally too, right? cut all this out yeah. so welcome to the new man we're back <laughs> with trip lanier <laughs> and his wife allison lanier and uh 
I'm gonna just gonna try How's to. How's your cleanse going? <laughs> I'm doing a 30 days to healthy living. That's all it takes. Is 30 days, and well, then you're healthy. No, but it helps break habits. Actually, I am healthy after 30 days. <laughs> I have to confess that I'm pretty feel pretty freaking healthy after this 30 days. Yeah. I just so, uh, this morning you were. I thought we're not doing this today because you were you were a bit grumpy. And I didn't know if, how much of it was cleanse-induced grumpiness yeah. or if, uh, what was going on there. But I remember just being like, we're not doing this. And you're like, oh, we're freaking doing it. Was, oh, that's that's what we want. <laughs> you're just going right in. We, we, the... Want the, we want the that anger and frustration <laughs> and moodiness. But what did come up, because th- this this is what I want. Do you need me today? I do need you today. <laughs> And you, cause you're going to, you'll get your rebuttal. You'll get your, uh, you're saying this, but the reason why I was like, why, honey, why would we do this? If it's not spacious, you're full. There's, there's plenty of stuff we can push it. We can do another time. And you're like, somehow we got to the point you're like, I don't want to feel like a failure that if we didn't do it. So here I want this is what I saw. Cause this is central to the theme. A lot of the themes in the, in my book, which is that it's not that we're not, we're not moving towards what has us feel more spacious or expansive or strong. We're, we're more concerned with proving that we're not a failure, that we're not a moron, that we don't look bad and, and all that kind of stuff. So what are you waving at me for? I'm telling you to just stop interviewing the interviewee. Let me do this interview. Uh, so, But that, that struck me. I was like, that's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about today. And you were like, fuck off. And then that was. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. You didn't say that. That's not what I said. I said, not I with said, your great. words. Not with your words. I said, great. We're doing the interview. Let's do it about that. Let's do it about that. Okay. So and anyway, so if I were interviewing you today, I would say, welcome to the new man. <laughs> today, we're going to continue what we, where we left off, which was in the last interview, we were saying that this interview would be a good place to talk about how peace, ease, and freedom, aliveness could be a good guidance system. <laughs> and I want to know how that can be a guidance system if we're so hung up on protecting, pleasing, and proving. Oh, you've been prepping. I've been prepping. Thank you very much. If you'd just <laughs> let me have a minute, y'all. You, you seem a little testy, though. Do we need? Do we want to clear that up first? <laughs> or is this going to be no, a combative? No, I'm clearing it up right You're now. You're cleaning it up right now. Okay. Hold on. Let me so, put my raincoat on. So, so... You know, you you jumped right in there. I mm. was trying for a little little. You bit already of had like, that segue in there. You had already got nice on to it. meet you. Kind of, how's mm. the weather? So so yeah. Um, but it, it's true. I mean that that's why doing the interview today ended up being like, yes, we are going to do the interview and let's talk about this because what did come up? I was full. I was. You had made a comment about me like wanting to be a personality that people would want to listen to. No, I did not say anything like that today. Not today. (laughs) So, but that still lived in me from your other day. When did I say that? You said it, uh, you wanted to do it on Saturday. You want to do this interview on Saturday or Sunday. And, and I was like, I cannot, I haven't even looked at my schedule yet. I'm Mm -hmm. just getting back into things. You're so busy. And, but I was also like, yeah, I think I can. And then that the morning that I was thought I could, you were like, let's, 
There's a whole thing to being an interviewer. You actually need to be a charismatic, magnetic personality. You know, you didn't say all those things. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, there was there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the, the message is clear. So anyway, on with all onward. Today was a good day because I was still feeling really full and underslept. There's lots more in my schedule now with from the minute I wake up to the minute I rest at the end of the day. So I've been a little bit pissy about that, a little irritated, Mm -hmm. feeling the fullness of the break and how great it was. And then really recognizing like, oh, this is not an introverted world. (laughs) This is not an introvert's world. I didn't do anything for myself. I need alone time and I'm going right back into the world. So that was what was up for me. Got it. And so you suggested that I like we oh, we don't have to do this interview today. And I was like, it's in my calendar. I can be a pro. I can have appointments. I can still work. I can still do things. I can still live my life like do my work life, even if I've got something going on, feeling full or feeling irritated or feeling like I want to be alone. I still got to go do my job. And I have this in my calendar as a commitment that I decided I want to do. And I've been excited about doing this. So don't worry about the state that I'm in right now. Don't try to manage the state that I'm in right now. I want to do this. And then you said something about the state I was in and being in a better state. And I totally... I think you thought that I was trying to manage you. Yeah, I totally thought you were managing. Try. I actually said to you, didn't I? I was like, uh, I think you want me to be some. You want me to be in a different state than I am, or something like that. I said something like right. that to you. And then what did I say? No, I don't. Yeah. I just want you to. Uh, maybe do this interview when you're feeling more spacious. And I was like, that means you want me to be in a different state. (laughs) All right. So let's, let's, let's go in there. So it's great. Yeah. Let's go in there. Cause you heard me trying to manage you. That's how it occurred. That's how it occurred to me. Manage you meaning, manage you meaning I need you to be different than who you are. I want you to be in a different state for this interview than the the state that I'm witnessing and experiencing you in now. Right. So, so it occurred to you that I was trying to manage you and I was like, Oh my gosh. That's, that's not who I want to have interview me today. And that's not who I want to talk to. That's how, that's what you were thinking. Yeah. And just to tie it into the protective, pleasing, improve it, protecting, pleasing, improving thing for me, how I interpreted that was, um, I was telling this, my, an older story that lives in me about wanting to, uh, like be capable or be a, like, just like not be eclipsed by, right whatever emotional state that I'm in and wanting to be like, no, I can do this. You don't have to change things around for me. I'm capable. Yeah. I think that was, I didn't want to come off as I didn't want you to see me as someone who's not capable of doing this just because I'm in a certain state of emotional state. Got it. And so I was really defensive about that this morning. I remember. Just Is like there anything it was, you need to clear just with like me? it was this morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, are you interested? In what was going on for me? Yes, okay. I am. So what I was aware of was that I'd been hearing you, and also sensing you and your nonverbal communication was that you were full and you didn't want anybody around you. You were you had en- you had enough on your plate. You didn't need more on your plate. And I there was no urgency to doing this interview. We had space. We have other opportunities to do it. And so it was just like, well, 
if I'm getting one message from you, which is that you're full, you need alone time, you need some space for yourself, then let's just push it because it's not urgent. And that's where you got the pushback that I was somehow managing you and needing you to change. And, and, but what I thought was great was that you caught in there somewhere. And this is where it ties into what I want to talk about today was that somehow you walking away from the opportunity today was, um, proving that you were incapable, right? It It was was like confirming a story about me, us or me that I didn't like or want. Well, it was right on the nail. Like it was right on the nail. And I think that this is, this is such a huge deal because so many of us are walking around with way too much on our plate. Like the idea of spaciousness is just crazy. We actually glorify being busy. We glorify the guy that's, you know, hammered his schedule full of stuff. And, uh, somehow that's admirable, uh, but nonetheless, the, you know, the, the internal state or the experience of that is one of just frantic. It's trying to carry six gallons in a five gallon bucket. We're always dropping stuff. And that's a stressful place to be. We never really zoom out and say, why am I choosing to, to carry all this stuff? And I think instead we look for things like productivity. Oh, I must just need to be more productive, <laughs> which I think is ridiculous mm-hmm. when we're unwilling to say no. We're unwilling to say no to things. So why are we unwilling to say no? It's because we've got something to prove or we've got something to disprove. And this is what I see, especially a lot with with guys, myself included, is that there's this huge commitment to make sure we don't look weak. There's a huge drive to make sure that we don't do anything that has us look like a loser or less than or incapable. As you said, there's this drive. I have to perform. I've got to rise to the occasion. It's in the bedroom. It's at work. It's whatever, just how we we even see ourselves in the mirror. That is such a huge thing. It's the water we're swimming in. We don't even recognize that we're doing it. But my guess is that a huge part of the time, a huge amount of the time when we're feeling frantic and overwhelmed and urgent, it's because we're unwilling to challenge any of the things that we're trying to prove. Well, how do we even know what those things are? If you haven't done like reflect self-reflection or mindfulness practice, how do you even know like the lens that you're talking about? People are looking through a certain lens. Oh, I'm looking through a fear-based lens or I'm looking through a, a scarcity lens or I'm looking through the lens of like, I have to prove there's some story, there's something that I'm a not enough. And so I have to prove that I am enough or I have to, whatever it is like the me with me, it was like the, I need to, I'm capable even if I've got an emotional thing going on. And, and so like if, even if I'm in an emotional state that's big or strong or whatever. And so for me, I'm able to see that, but how do you like, people don't see that, especially when they're in it. So how do you No, I, I agree. It's tough. I mean, it's one of the things that, I mean, I was talking to a client the other day, right? We're starting the new year. What do people do at the new year? They come out with all these resolutions and these goals. New year, and new you, baby. New year, new me. We rarely ever just tap into like, why, why is that on my list? Mm-hmm. We never challenge it. Sounds good. Of course, it would be great to make more money and to be thinner or to, I don't know, just whatever, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It it sounds good. And even when we share it, it's like people like, oh, that's fantastic. But most of the time we really, really dig into why we're doing it. And um, we can go into that a bit further. But to answer your question in the short term, it's, it's if we can slow down and be just be willing to challenge things that we say yes to we may find that we're not doing them in service of what has us 
feel what we most want to feel or to have the experiences we most want to experience. So if a lot of it's fear-based stuff, right? Oh, I got to protect, uh, I got to please, I got to prove, I got to make sure I don't rock the boat. I got to make sure I don't do anything that, that, uh, has me feel uncomfortable. I got to make sure I don't do anything that risks my time or energy or money. I got to make sure I don't do anything that has me look stupid. Um, we're kind of buying into that. Like I talked about last time, we're going to buy into that cloud or that, that fog that most of us are into instead of saying, well, what would have me feel more expansive? What would have me feel stronger? And I find that when we, when we look at that, we, we we'd actually would do less. A lot of times we, we might excel at something more. We might get more focused to go deeper on one thing, but we'd say no to other things. Mm-hmm. And that's where the spaciousness comes from. And that's where the peace of mind comes from is like, I'm doing what really matters and I'm saying no to the stuff that doesn't really matter. And it's uncomfortable. It feels bold. It feels risky because it might be uncomfortable to do that. It might be uh, risky to, I might not make as much money as I made last year. I might, you know, look a little weird to others if I'm not doing the same thing that they're doing. So I'll pause there and cause there's a lot to unpack there, but, but I won't pause. I'll keep going. The thing that I want <laughs> to just, I don't think I, 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 I answered your question though, which is that it helps to be in the conversation, right? So I think the question, let me reframe the question to make it, to try to break it down. Cause what you're saying you're saying a lot. And I think one of the things that I like, so if somebody's, you know, if, if, if I'm listening to this, even just now I'm hearing you talk and I'm thinking like, okay, great. So what is my practice? If I'm somebody that doesn't even know that I did this thing to protect myself from feeling this way, or I did this thing to, to please this person. So I look a certain way and I'm going to, I'm just being shown. So they don't get upset with me. So they don't get upset with me. I don't, uh, you know, or I'm doing this or I decide that I'm thinking this way, or I have to load all this stuff on my plate to prove this story that I'm telling myself that whatever it is to prove the thing. So, but if I don't know that I'm doing that, then how do we figure out who's driving? All right. So let's come back to our experience. Most of us set goals that are measurable. I'm going to lose X pounds. I'm going to make X more money. I'm going to go to the Bahamas. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to write a book. These are all things that we can measure. That's, that's, that's typically how goals are met. And, and as a coach, coaches like measurable goals because we can figure out if you did them or not. And we can hold you accountable to them. Mm-hmm. I believe that we, we've got a theory that every goal has a subjective experience tied to it. So if I lose a certain amount of weight, then I think I'm going to feel better about myself. I'm going to feel more confident. If I make more money, I'm going to feel more safe. I'll be more secure or maybe I'll be more special or whatever it is. But it, it's, it's different for each, each person. But if there's an objective goal, you can draw a correlate that has a subjective experience. And it's a big deal if we are setting these objective goals and then we find ourselves, instead of feeling better or more expansive or free or secure, or any of those types of things, we actually start to feel trapped. Mm-hmm. We feel drained. We feel isolated. We feel bored. We feel overwhelmed. That's, that's an issue. And most of us have just kind of assumed that it comes along for the ride, that we accomplish our goals, we feel good for a little bit, and then we're kind of right back into the same place we were, which is some version of feeling trapped, drained, isolated, bored, overwhelmed. Okay. And, that, and that's a real drain. That's a real drag for us because it's how we end up with really nice things and a really nice life that, look, that looks amazing from the outside, but it's ultimately really unfulfilling. And, and we're like, what's wrong with me? Like, why, why can't I enjoy my life? 
And I think it's that disconnect because we don't have a connection or we don't have, we're not aware of what our experiences are. And we're not aware that we're playing for things that don't provide the experiences we ultimately want. So we're really confused. So I have a, a question about the nuances of that. The whole, like, we're not playing for what really, what we really want. Okay. So it's sort of the difference between like, oh, this is hard or this is new and uncomfortable or my experience right now on the way to my goal is lousy, yeah, <laughs> overwhelming, um, it makes me, you know, I might feel irritable or whatever, like the, this, the 30 day thing, Daily my goal, cleanse, right? feel better, right. feel better in my body, less aches and pains, measurable by less aches and pains. So for me, yeah, my back. So already feeling actually already feeling less aches and pains. So totally score day three score done <laughs> goal met. Um, and part of the doing the regimen is like having certain things like having a structure with my eating. And for me, that was, I was out of habit with having the structure with my eating, like eating every couple of hours and having a food already prepared for, you know, and whatever. So the new schedule was like, eh, I don't like this. I have more to do right. to create the structure that I need for, to meet my goal. Right. I don't like that. Right. I'm feeling extra full because of that and the other things that have me feeling full right. with so F tasks. This. I don't want to deal with it. So the, the, the nuanced question is like, for me, I'm still committed. Like I'm still going to do this. I don't, I'm not going to like it right now. Cause I've, you know, whatever I made choices that didn't give me enough time to make the f food or whatever. Right. But, but it's like, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to just be like, well, that's not my subjective experience is not like helping me meet my objective and it's not helping me feel more peace and ease. Like kind of like I'm going to be a pansy about it, you know, like and what you were saying about what's strong and what's weak for me, there was that, that sort of, I'm in touch with a larger objective. So a couple of days of having to like reorganize and figure it out differently. So this doesn't happen again. I can handle that. So let's talk about the difference between comfort and peace. Okay. Because most of us are playing for comfort. Okay. Comfort's short term. This is why we will do things like put stuff on a credit card and forget about it. But we're going to pay for it later. Okay. Comfort is, I'm not going to have that conversation with you because I don't want to have an argument right now. Right. We'll deal with it later. Okay. So I have this short term thing where I'm going to kick the can down the road. Comfort is, I got a toothache. Let me just take a pill. Uh -huh. let, me, let me have a few swigs of whiskey. Peace. Peace comes from going right into that and dealing with it. I go to the dentist and get the tooth pulled or whatever needs to happen. And there's a healing that happens there, but there might be pain involved. There's going to be a dip. There might be a suck involved, but it's in service of that greater sense of peace. Not maybe something will come along and fix this for me. Or if I right. just keep kicking it down the road, it'll blah, blah, blah. That's the root of anxiety is I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to do this. And I'm powerless to do anything about it. Like that's what feeds anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to understand like what we're doing and what we're playing for in that regard. Uh, am I just trying to find comfort or avoid discomfort? Or do I really want a sense of peace of mind here that I've, I'm dealing with this stuff head on? It's one of the things that you and I have in our relationship is that we choose to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Even when it's not yeah. Okay. And it's just like when it's not going to be comfortable, but yeah. we get it done, we get it out there and it's, and it's clean. It keeps things clean. It keeps us from wounding one another. Yeah. 
But we see a lot of other relationships where there's not That's a lot of truth telling. Mm-hmm. And so you have this buildup, this gunk, and you have all these mm-hmm. wounds. And it's like, well, and it's like, yeah, we don't have a sex life anymore. It's like, no wonder you guys have wounded each other so much. Mm-hmm. And you guys are withholding so much from each other. You're not speaking to what's actually happening. So it erodes everything else and it erodes peace of mind. It erodes connection. So, so I think it's protecting from truth telling, like you're protecting the discomfort from the discomfort of truth telling in the name of that short term comfort Everything's instead fine. of yeah. maybe that harder conversation of telling the whatever, whatever's really there for you in the name of long term peace. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I think it's critical. I think I, I'm glad you brought it up because it's really, it's really important to understand the difference between comfort and peace, right? So comfort is I don't go to the gym today. I sit on my ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Versus peace of mind, which is I took care of myself today. Right. I went and did something to make my body healthier and stronger. Yeah. Wasn't comfortable. Right. Like I was on the assault right. bike or whatever, you know, yeah. it's just like, this is not yeah. comfortable, right. not a comfortable feeling, but there's a peace of mind that comes from it. was like, I, I, I feel stronger. I feel better as a result yeah. of that. Okay. Yeah. But that said, we have to come back to this thing of whether we're, you know, needing to be more productive or we need to prove less because that proving piece will have us continue to pile stuff on. It'll have us continue to make life harder and more complex than it needs to be. And that the difficulty there, the the peace of mind may come from being like, no, I'm actually not going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. But that's where that type A and us that that part of us, like, how much can I do? And I've got things to prove. That's where we go against the grain, especially in our culture, which is look how much I've done. That's what you were talking about in the last talk that we had, which was we you were using words about like defining success, trying to redefine success or understand like what is successful and what, what if we come to believe is successful versus what really, what, or what have we come to, like what I was saying about challenging the concept of strength, it was like that disconnected sort of wounded definition of strength instead of what is the real definition of strength? How are you redefining it? It's lazy to think that success or strength is more. It's just lazy. More of anything, Anything. more, a bigger house, more car, more work, more, whatever, whatever. Uh I think that's a lazy way to do it because you're looking around for comparisons. It's, it's looking at the objective things that you can kind of measure or that you think that you can measure. Oh, they got more likes. Whatever the thing is in your life, I did better than my sibling or it just, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. I think it's lazy. What takes work is actually checking in with yourself and say, where do I actually feel free? Mm -hmm. Where do I actually feel more vitality, more aliveness? Where do I actually feel uh, more connected, more loving? Where do I experience that greater peace of mind? So these are the questions. If somebody has no idea how to approach this, I mean, we talked about using this as a guidance system. Exactly. So, so let me tie it back to what we, do, what we talked about earlier, which is if I bust my ass to be successful or I bust my ass to be strong. I was talking to a guy the other day. It's like, yeah, I go to CrossFit X times a week and he's like oh, <laughs> constantly going to PTs. He's like, are you really stronger? Right. Okay. So if you're doing all this stuff (laughs) and you find yourself feeling trapped, if you find yourself feeling drained, if you find yourself feeling isolated from your friends or your family or community, if you find yourself feeling bored or stressed out, there's that thing like, what the hell's wrong with me? Maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Those experiences are your feedback system. Mm -hmm. What they tell us is that I thought that if I did more of this stuff instead of trapped, I would feel free. Instead of drained, I would feel alive. 
Instead of isolated, I'd feel more loved and connected. Instead of bored or overwhelmed, I would feel more peace of mind. That's happening within our minds Mm -hmm. when we make these bargains or these deals with ourselves. If I go down this road and I'm going to sacrifice and I do X, Y, Z, I'm really hoping that beyond comfort, beyond just mere security and safety and beyond just acceptance, I really want to feel free, alive, loved, and peace of mind. So you can, I could ask myself is I'm full do a, is doing this interview today going to have me feel more free or more peace or more alive? Or what would or have me feel whatever? if I'm not feeling free now? Was so you just come back? It's like, if I'm feeling, if I wake up today or, I'm at, or if I find myself on my job or I'm listening to this podcast or something, it's like, God, what am I feeling? Just yeah. look and you got a dashboard in front of you. He's got trapped, drained, isolated, overwhelmed, bored. Okay. Just imagine those are on your thinking of the dashboard from inside out the movie inside out where they have like fear, whatever. Yeah. Put your your terms in there. If they don't work for you. I just find that these work well Mm -hmm. after doing this for a while. And you look at me and say, what has me? I'm, I'm, well, I'm feeling pretty trapped. Like, are my schedules like I'm just caged in, Mm -hmm. like I'm going from one thing to the next. Okay. Then I can ask myself, what would have me feel more free? Mm, that's hmm. good. What would have me feel more free? Oh, look, she already like, no. I'm already thinking about schedule. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do that. Okay. Now, <laughs> now when you do that, you'll sometimes say, well, I, I wouldn't do X, Y, Z, or I would do this. Now we come up against that choice point. Now we come up against our commitments. Like, wait a second. I got to yeah. stay comfortable. Well, no, no, no. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. So if I would do less, I would do less of the tasks that need to get done. Okay. Right. For the, right. just, just for the things for life to be happening. Great. So then what's so now you're the committed. fear? Yeah, I want you to, I want you to recognize that you're committed to something. You're committed to at the very minimum. Oh, that's where the, oh, that's where the protecting, pleasing and yes. cruising comes in. Yes. So the conf, um, what is it called? The, um, competing commitment. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Keegan. So throw out the Keegan yeah, there. Okay. Props to Keegan. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So now like, oh, if I want to, if I want to experience greater freedom, right, then I'm up against my choice, my commitment to staying comfortable, avoiding some kind of a risk or looking bad. Okay. All right. So what could have happened this morning in a nutshell was we had the opportunity to say, Hey, if you want to feel more free, let's not do this interview. And a party was like, wait a second, I'm committed to making sure I look capable. Well, yeah. And the interview, I mean, if I do this practice right now in my head, the interview wasn't the thing that needed to be removed. It was other things that I wanted to be removed because I wanted to do the interview. Okay. I was looking forward to doing the interview. Okay. It was the other things before and after that I was like, oh, God, yeah. Right. But there might be, that might be the day where it's just like, you know what? I'm committed to this because my, the financial security, that's what's important. And you might even, but what about, I mean, but I mean, guys like, dude, I got to keep making money. He's like, yeah, how much you got in the bank? Like whatever. Like it becomes a habit. That's what I mean. It's like the habit of chasing comfort, the habit of chasing financial security or whatever that security might be. The habit of always looking good gets in the way. That's the thing that eclipses our ability to free, to, to experience freedom, aliveness, love, and peace. So I have a personal question for you here. <laughs> Actually, no, it is genuine curiosity. So you've, I mean, you, you wrote a, you're, you just wrote a book on this. You've been coaching people on this. You, you're great at being able to, um, you, you just have this, I call it laser vision. you like, you have this ability to distill and sort of 
just get to the bottom line of things and translate whatever's actually all the things that are going on into just this one simple thing. And what you're saying, everything that you're saying has me want to know, how did you, how do you do this for yourself? How did you even get to this point for yourself? Was it being the new age wimp and the personal development jackass or like what, what was the thing that has helped you? Cause you practice this too. How did you get here? How did you get to the point where it's like, oh, it's these things. Oh, I don't actually need to make a bazillion dollars to be happy. I need to surf. I need the time with the people that I love. I need downtime. I don't, I don't know if there was ever, if there was ever an event, but I've never been, I've never considered myself a rebel, like to just go against things. But I've always been, I've always felt pretty solid in what it is that I want to create. I love to create. I, I, I view my job as a coach as being more like a music producer than a performance coach. Like it's just a creative thing. It's like, instead of like, we're going to make a, a record or we're going to create a painting, we're going to, we're working on your life. The, the, mm-hmm. the canvas is your life. And, and so it's more just the excitement of that experience. That said, I, the, the thing that comes up that feels uncomfortable is that I, I, when my mom died at 13, when I was 13, I, something happened in me where it was just like, let's cut the shit. Mm. I was in middle school, which is full of gossip and mm. talking and everything. And I remember it just, it pierced everything for me mm. of just like, there's so much bullshit. And I, I, I remember from that moment on living in that world, but not like being stuck in it. I, I felt like I could see through the games of one-upsmanship and all of that kind of stuff. And it doesn't mean that I was perfect or anything like that, but I just felt like it was a video game that I was in, Hmm. that it was so temporary. I thought it would be over after (laughs) high school, (laughs) but it's just kept going. I mean, so much of what's happening in corporations and, you know, the people that are really excelling in the world Mm -hmm. is still just shit. We didn't work out in middle school. Mm Mm-hmm. I've seen this in politics. I've seen this in mm-hmm. just in any, any industry that I've been able to, to work closely with people in. And, um, so I, I, I didn't think rebelling was, was strong, but I, I, there was something about that event that was just like, wake up, this come back to what really matters. Something happened for me in that, that event that just grounded me. It's been hard to get wrapped up in something that was outside of what really matters for too long. And so I was really clear going into my college that I didn't give a shit about grades. I didn't even really give a shit about getting a job after school. I was just like, what do I need to do to fund my lifestyle? I want to surf. I want to make music. I want to travel. How much does that cost? Let's find the most fun enlivening way to do that. So I don't know if there was a a, a specific event or whatever, but that's just been something in me. um, And and it's been consistent in me for most of my life now. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, the, but the, you said it actually, you were like, oh, what do I need to do to fund the life that I want? And how can I make that funding fun and enlivening? You just said, how can that. I enjoy it? Right. How can I don't want to enjoy it. And, I, I think and it was that a, points back to like, cut the crap. Is that right? You cut the crap. I don't want to feel trapped. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I don't want to be in a place where I feel drained. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to be in a place where I feel isolated where I'm not, a, not able to be with the people that I love. 
And I certainly don't want to be in a place where I feel bored or overwhelmed or stressed out or anything like that. So I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, sign me up for those things. Well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you say, I mean, what I'm seeing is that, um, you know, the, the jolt of losing your mother so tragically and suddenly put you on a path directly opposite of anything that might have gotten her where she was. Like, it's like, I'm not gonna, no way am I gonna, it was like immediately, suddenly you're the anecdote to, to whatever ick was there or whatever, whatever, um, burden or sort of malstorm of events that were happening for her that you suddenly were set on a trajectory of like, not that. That's probably completely true. If there, if there was a reactive part, then I can see that it was just like, I'm not going to put myself on a path of self-destruction. Mm-hmm. Just period. Mm-hmm. And for the listener out there, my mother took her own life. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're right. The, uh, I, I, if anything, I walked, I walked away from that experience. Like I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I don't destroy myself. Mm-hmm. Even if that means little by little, day by day, mm-hmm. I, I became very clear about how quickly life can be over mm-hmm. and how shockingly sudden yeah. that could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't want to, I, it just felt, uh, life felt really short to me. And I think that, I mean, and it uh, still does. Yeah. I have, what, that's actually what I was going to say about you. I have a friend who we have a mutual friend who s- will refer to someone when I say, well, tell me about this person. And she'll, her response will be like, oh, well that one's got a hold of her jugular. And I think of that it's poetic in nature and the way it says it, but I see you as someone who has a hold of his jugular. It's like you get, you get that this life is precious and that you get that this is it. Like you're, you, 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 you dancing or not. Yeah. And so, um, so I see that when we get sucked into, let's just even use the example of the middle school life or, high school days or whatever it is of that crap storm. I enjoyed that is it. Still, I enjoyed high school. <laughs> you enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a gauntlet right. and, and, yeah. and, but it, and it's still, it very much still exists. Like all the ways that we sort of get, um, out of alignment with what's really true and what really matters. And I, I think that's part of what I'm, when I say like, well, how do we do this? If we're like, how do we figure out who's driving or how do we get, how do we get towards the peace and all the things that are awesome when we're stuck inside of protecting, pleasing, improving, or when we're, when we're like, oh, that's the limiting fear-based lens that we're looking through. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just, trying to get to that, like that. Well, what is that? Oh, maybe it's what really well, matters. Instead of numbing ourselves, it's getting curious. Most of us are outrunning our experience, right? We're trying to like hide in a phone or drug, sex, money. Whatever. We're, we're doing a pretty good job of numbing ourselves and I'm no different. Right. What do you mean? Well, just, I can easily get caught get stuck in a screen. You oh know? Yeah. Right. I can easily get, just get into places where I'm not in my body for a while, mm-hmm. uh, for periods of a time. So I think we typically do that. But I think if you want, I think it's helpful to recognize that our we could we could look at our experience of what's there as information. 
Mm-hmm. And most of us, I think, have a really hard time meditating, for instance, because we can't distract ourselves in that moment. Mm-hmm. We can try, but it's a lot harder. Um, so what comes up for us when we sit down and shut up and just pay attention to our experience and what's happening between our ears is maybe we start to feel that sense of feel, uh, being trapped. And maybe we start to feel that drain. We start to feel that isolation. We start to feel that boredom, that overwhelm. We start to feel all of those things that we're trying to outrun. What if we didn't want to outrun them? I'm not saying that we wallow in them because I, I, I don't think that helps either. But I do think it was, we could get curious as like, huh, well, if, what is this? Oh, it's mm-hmm. anger, it's sadness, it's boredom, it's d- feeling drained. Like, well, what's, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. What's this, what's, what's, what is it that I would want instead? Okay, interesting, right? That we could pivot. If I don't want to, if I don't want to mm-hmm. feel angry, I want to feel happy or I want to feel blah, blah, blah. You start to flip things in that way. Mm-hmm. But I would slow down and just start to inventory what I, what you feel on a, hourly basis, just have an, have an alarm go off on your phone and just say, yeah, what, what is, how would I describe it? Mm-hmm. And you can be really broad in the book. I write down a bunch of words, but there's more. You can look up <laughs> emotional terms. <laughs> Why is that funny? In the book, I write down a bunch of words. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I actually give this exercise in the book and it's just like, you just write, the, write you know, yeah. you just look at it and you're like, okay, that's the flavor. We have, uh-huh. we have this chart on our refrigerator that yes, has all the different faces, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's just start to build that emotional intelligence and say, well, what is it? Right now, and instead of like, oh, it's not okay to feel that way because I grew up like it wasn't okay to be angry yeah, and it wasn't did. okay mm-hmm. to be turned on or it wasn't. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times we got our thing is like, oh, I, I, I'm not even allowed to have my experience. Mm-hmm. But if we just got curious, what is the experience? Uh, and we weren't afraid of it, of what it means, because oh my gosh, if I'm married and I don't feel turned on, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. that can be really mm-hmm. scary. So most of the time we're trying to outrun that stuff. But what if we got curious about it? And then hmm, what might what might be a desired experience? And then what different choices would I make? If all of my choices have had me arrive at this place where I'm feeling a certain degree of trapped or drained or isolated or bored or overwhelmed, mm-hmm. then what might some different choices be? And that's where we'll bump up against this. But I can't do that because that'll be uncomfortable. I can't do that because that'll be risky. I can't do that because what will they think of me? Yes. And, and that's where we can get into some actual real practices and, and maybe that's where we, we touch next time, but, but we can get into some places where we can start to confront those things and really see if there's a monster under the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And that I want to, I definitely want to touch on that some more because that the thing that I, you know, in my work, which is many things, but one of the things is relationship with others. And, and one of the thing that things that I hear about the most is when we get into these little places of, um, great. This is the thing that I want most. And here's what's in the way or, or, and, and the, the phrase is, well, I can't, I can't say that. Right. I couldn't talk to him about that. Right. It's uncomfortable. It's I too risky. I couldn't tell her that. Right. Like she'll flip out. Right. That's and so that's, so that's part of what you're saying is like, there's a, the protecting of the discomfort. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Trip Lanier, host turned interviewee. You did throw a curveball at me. I didn't know you were going to bring up stuff from the past. So I didn't either. Okay. You wanted my genuine curiosity, though. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so now you got it. <laughs> okay. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. 
Thanks for listening.